Purple Heart Homes presents Putting the Pieces Back Together, a forum for veterans and the community to connect. Here are your hosts, veterans John Galena and Brad Borders. And Devin Alexander. Uh, well, hello. <laughs> hello, how are you? I am absolutely wonderful. Oh, that's so good. Hey, our bumper music is back. Did you hear that? I did. The last time I was in here, I've been gone for a couple of weeks. The last time I was in here, we had some kind of 80s uh, metal band music. And it threw John for a loop. He did he was, not like it. He did that. not like it. He was like, I don't know how to handle this music. Right? <laughs> and I was just like, you just got to do the Ronnie James Dio, you know, rock on symbol and go with it, man. And every time it came on, I got more fired up. It was fantastic. Yeah, I, th- I think that made him even more befuzzled. Is that, is that the right word? Befuzzled? Uh, that, I think you just made up a word. I, I probably yeah. did. I'm, you know, Dumb, I'm not very smart. Dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a little dumbfounded. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, hey, uh, you're listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes, a 501c3 that addresses housing needs for veterans. And uh, we've got a great guest and the return of Brad Borders. That's fantastic. Well, I don't know. They let me back in the studio today. Joe is here running the soundboard and all of the Dr. Zeus things, pulling all the bells and whistles and making oh, yeah. it happen over here. You man. know, it it's almost fantastic. looks as cool. I wish Facebook could see. Oh, the, my oh gosh. yeah, the contraptions. It is. Oh, contraptions. Swirly everywhere. thing over there. It is there. fantastic. The colors. Yeah, Oof. the colors. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good for people like me and you with ADHD untreated oh, and all yeah. the lights and bells and buzzers. We get uh, distracted very easily. Oh, my gosh. I don't think we're going to be able to do this show Squirrel. without <laughs> So uh, John Galena is off on a secret mission down at uh, the uh, coast of North Carolina. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah. Taking some uh, much-needed uh, rest and relaxation with his family at Sunset Beach, no doubt. So, oh, yeah, that's that's a beautiful area. It it's is fantastic. A concrete than yeah. Myrtle. I have a special shout-out. I want to say uh, a shout-out to Will Barger, and, uh, who is the brother of Pete Barger who um, runs Southern Distilling here in town. And Will oh. listens to WSIC all day long, every day, no on his property out in North Iredell. And so uh, went out and visited with Will the other day. He's got a beautiful place up on Snow Creek. And uh, uh, thanks, Will, for listening. And that's why I'm sporting this fantastic T-shirt that I got from Will. Wow, it Snow is Creek Land Management. That's right, Snow Creek Land Management. That's his little thing he's got going on up there, and uh, it's a beautiful piece of property. So, uh, Will, thanks for what you do, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you again. And thanks so, for uh, listening. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and he contacted us through the show. He'd been listening to us, and he reached out to us on Facebook oh, and man. said, I've been listening, come see me. So uh, it's pretty fantastic. One of our 10 listeners. One of our 10 listeners. We know almost all of them now. (laughs) Yeah, we know almost all of them now. It's fantastic. So, hey, well, we do have an awesome show, and it's this is one I've been looking forward to for a long time. And it's taken a lot of scheduling and uh, um, patience on my end to deal with this fellow. And uh, he's one of my dearest friends from the Army. I've known him almost 20 years now. And uh, we met a long time ago, but his name's Chris O'Toole. He is now a colonel in the Army. I don't know how that happened, but uh, evidently uh, the Army got that one right. And uh, so anyhow, Chris, welcome to the show. And he's affectionately known as Sugar Bear. So there you go. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, glad to have you here, man. 
So. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. And I, I can't imagine that that uh, you would spend 20 years in the company of this guy right here. So, uh, Well, luckily, he didn't have to spend all 20 with me, so oh. that's good. Right. <laughs> Thankfully, there was breaks there in was the breaks. It would break in <laughs> service. That's why the Army does that. We were like, you guys got to get separated for a little while. <laughs> I could see that, uh, especially with some of the stories I've heard. And, uh, and hopefully, we're going to get to hear a few of those. We today. are going to get to hear a few of those. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Chris has got a great family, beautiful wife, great kids. And uh, Chris, hey, if you would, just give our listeners the uh, standard bio, right? Where you're from, where you grew up, and why in the world did you decide to up and join the military? Well, I'm from Elkin, North Carolina, which is a small town. Um, I grew up there and, um, you know, was just a regular kid, played sports. I've got two older brothers and... Um, when I was about six years old, I decided I was going to join the army and uh, never had a plan B. Uh, and I'm sure that I was influenced by playing GI Joe and, and maybe thinking I get to do that for real. And uh, it was really up until probably midway through high school. Um, our, our high school started a junior ROTC program, uh, which would start my junior year. And, uh, uh, wonderful wonderful retired army officer uh lieutenant colonel bill mcgrew uh retired from active duty and became the rotc instructor there at elkin high school and um you know i was always planning on enlisting and and uh and he talked to me about becoming an army officer and uh, his son uh, was a few years older than i am and uh he was a, a cadet at norwich university seeking a commission in the army and he came down uh, for a visit uh, for Thanksgiving and visited our class and talked about military school. And I was like, man, that's what I got to do. That's the only <laughs> way I can do this is I got to go to a military college, which was really a horrible idea. Um, but, uh, and really as, as I got a little older and, and started uh, spending some time with veterans um, that had, that had served, you know, whether it was a, an enlistment or a career in the army, uh, it changed from, you know, a fascination of playing G.I. Joe, which that always has lived inside of me. Um, but it was that, you know, if I don't, who does? Mm -hmm. And uh, it really was a, a desire to, to be in, in service. My mom um, is a, a career nurse. Uh, my dad was a, a soldier uh, for an enlistment, um, you know, when he left high school. Uh, I've got some, uh, you know, an uncle, grandfather, things like that, that served. My brother served in the Marine Corps and um, service was just a part of our our, our family. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I constantly thought, if not me, then who? Mm -hmm. And uh, and, and you know, it's an adventure. It's going to be an adventure. Yeah. So um, uh, that that's uh, what started my, my movement into Army. And this was in the 90s, too. So it was peacetime Army. Uh, it was post uh desert storm and obviously pre 9 11. um so there was a lot of adventure that was gonna to be had and uh like i said never had a plan b since yeah. um six years old that was all i was gonna do i believe you uh attended a little school up in virginia um that kind of started all this thing correct yeah it was uh again <laughs> a bad idea <laughs> um, i was i was dating my wife i've been with uh, my wife jill since the ninth grade um there there's no better person on the planet than her and um 
we started dating. She's a, a year ahead of me in school, and and she was en route to Appalachian State, which has a wonderful ROTC program, and I could have gone there. <laughs> and, um, Great football. Uh, but why too. do that? Yeah. You know, so I had a I had a, an opportunity to wrestle at a at a small college in North Carolina, um, but I was just you know brainwashed myself that I had to go to a military college, and. Um, turns out not smart enough for West Point. So uh, <laughs> I, I went to check out uh, the Citadel and, and Virginia Military Institute. And uh, instead of picking Charleston, I picked Lexington, Virginia. Yep. Um, because it was two hours away from Jill and and Charleston was four hours away. Yeah. So I, I just fell in love with it when I went there. And uh, Wow. And, uh, you know, it was, well, a, it was an experience. It was uh, definitely a, not not what I expected when I got there. I that's a why great I did school, it. though. I'm um, definitely yeah. glad it. it turned out to be a good move for you, and we'll, we'll get into that. We're coming up on a break here in, in, shortly, and you're listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together. And our guest today is Chris O'Toole, and we're really excited to have him here. He's an awesome guy, and uh, we're hearing how, about how and why he joined the military. And then uh, in a little while, we're going to talk about transition and the stuff he does on the civilian side. It's going to be really cool. So, uh, hey, thanks for uh, tuning in. We're glad to have you here. We're going to take a break and hear from our fine sponsors. We'll be back here in about three minutes. So thanks for being here. If you're going to be on Facebook, hang with us. We're going to talk about other things. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. All right, there we go. It's our proper intro music. You're welcome back to Putting the Pieces Back Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes. You can find out more about us at phhusa.org. That's phhusa.org. We're joined uh, via Zoom from the uh, from High Point, North Carolina. I think that's where you're at now. Uh, my friend and brother, uh, Chris O'Toole. And before we get back into Chris, I have to do a quick shout-out to my beloved wife who has been tolerating me now for exactly 32 years today. Wow. Yes, 32 uh, years. Congratulations. So, yeah, yeah, fantastic. No kidding. So, wow. Yeah. I, you know, bless your heart, Tammy. I I cannot imagine what it's like to live with Brad for 32 years. It'd be terrible. I, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she terrible. sent you off to the Army. She's I know. Like, She's you like, better like, get you out of here. Go, you man. You got to go. Yeah, and I would go away for a real long time, and I would come back, and everybody would be real happy, and then a couple months later, isn't it time for you to go somewhere again? Oh, my you know, gosh. Off you yeah. go. So, uh, well, but anyhow, happy anniversary, Tammy. I love you. You're the greatest. So uh, we're going to go to Fresh Chef tonight. Fresh you ever yet. been to Fresh Chef? I have. It's oh, a lovely place. You know, it's half price bottles of wine. On, I, you know, they didn't pay it. Is for that for our anniversary? For, yeah, uh, it's yeah, just awesome. It's, okay. it's just, just right, on great. Thursdays. But, yeah. So yeah, let me shout I, out. I, I called ahead. Okay, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, it. <laughs> anyhow, hey Chris, let's jump back in. So you were telling everybody before the break why you joined the military. You went to VMI. You made a stupid decision to go to that military school. I did. Um, now, now, don't talk too much smack about VMI because they're partnering with us on some stuff in the future. Okay, so. all right. We love VMI. It's a great we school. We love them. And you should all go there. Yeah, yeah it's the right? greatest decision ever made. Everyone should go. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I, everything I, has its downside. To be honest with you, it was a great decision. Uh, one of my favorite parts of VMI, uh, obviously the people you meet and the and the, and the the guys you get to, to walk that journey with. Um, but, you know, the, the cornerstone of VMI was the honor code. And uh, they take that very seriously and, and guard your honor and integrity very jealously. And I think that that sets you up as a leader, as you know, the hallmark of leadership, I believe, is integrity and trust building and relationship building can't do it without trust. And that was a that's instrumental in the 
in the in the life of a VMI cadet. So, for sure, uh, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd make plenty of jokes about it, but that place instilled uh, the the necessity for for honesty and integrity. So that's awesome. I, that's awesome. I can't throw too many rocks at it. Yeah, but okay. Hey, we actually Joe was told us we got a, we got a caller calling in, so uh, let's take the call. Go ahead, caller. You're on. Hello. Hey, caller, you're on. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes we lost, they, the, we lost them. Maybe they thought it was the home ad show. I was, I was we excited. Were that was the I first caller I've had. I, was, I, I thought maybe we maybe thought we were selling a lawnmower Because we didn't used so. to take the phone calls. No, yeah, no. Yeah, cool. well, we'll take phone calls. Yeah, no problem. So, oh, we got a call. Here we go. Go ahead, caller. We got you. Yeah, we're on, you're listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together. What can we do for you? Hello. Well, I, I might have hung up too soon. Maybe that was it. Um, I can either ask my question over the radio or you can give me a phone number to call you. But I heard you this morning and how you're mentioning that you build tiny homes for veterans. Oh, yes, ma'am. Do you ever rehab, like, spaces where people already live so that they could have a more individual situation? Because you did mention sometimes people end up being isolated. And there's a bunch of us that are isolated right now. Absolutely. They're trying to learn not to be. And, you know, I'm in a little mill house, and it's got a freestanding garage. And, you know, one or the other, fix the garage up, make them both inhabitable. And, you know, it could be something like that. There's those pod things. I don't know if you know what pods are, but those are kind of cool yes, for the working guy. Okay. So, yes, so go ahead, Devin. Oh, so uh, the way. I had a phone number for you guys who could go deeper. But. Well, what the best way to, to get a hold of Purple Heart Homes and apply for services is to go to phhusa.org. Uh, that's Papa Hotel Hotel. USA.org, right. and I know that uh, sometimes that uh, it's it's a little difficult and, and and frustrating to to go on those websites and they can be intimidating. You can call though, but you can call. Um, and you know the number, Dave. Phoenix, I don't have the internet. I don't. I have got the you. Internet, so I got I'll you. Have, yeah. Take this number down, ma'am. Do it's seven zero four eight three eight eight three eight four zero four four. Okay, I got it. Thank you so much. I'll Thank get with you, you ma'am. Is there a certain time? Got hours or anything not to call? Um, Monday through Thursday, 8 to 5. Thank you, sir. Appreciate yes, ma'am. Thank it. you. You have a Take wonderful care, you guys. day. Thanks for your work. All yeah, right. Appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing for people. Bye-bye. All right. Appreciate you. Well, look at there, man. That was awesome, man. We got, we got, a, we got our – you had your first caller. That was fantastic. Oh, that, it, was. it was. Yeah. Awesome. I was excited. All right. Chris, man, you were bringing callers in. That's fantastic. Way to go, man. <laughs> Uh, hey, tell now us. you have 10 or 11 listeners. Yeah, we got 11 listeners. We're up to 11 now. Hey, so what I want to do, because when you asked, uh, you were going to propose to Jill, but you had to go to this little army school. Tell that story real quick. All right. The the the, the story before that story is uh, <laughs> just to, to round out our relationship. Uh, when I first saw my wife, I was in the ninth grade, and uh, we were at Royal Soda Shop, downtown Elkin. That sounds pretty Mayberry, because it was. And uh, I was sitting with a friend of mine, and uh, I said, man, look at her. I'm going to ask her out. And he's like, I bet you $10 you don't. So I asked her out the first time on a $10 bet, um, and I liked her so much I didn't feel like I should take the money. So <laughs> I didn't take the money. You were like, I'm the so winner. Our relationship started on a $10 bet. That's awesome. And, um, you know, that was ninth grade, so now I am a – senior at vmi it's the we went in the winter it was uh january of 99 
and uh, Jill had already graduated from App State, and I was, you know, finishing up my last semester at VMI. And um, I came home for Christmas break, and I'd already bought her a ring, and I was a chicken. Um, <laughs> I was, I was scared to ask her dad. You know, I mean, this guy had tolerated me already for about, you know, seven years at that point, and he probably liked me less as the years went on. And uh, I was I was intimidated to talk to him, so I, I I blew through Christmas, and I told myself that I um I lied to myself and said it wasn't because of my cowardice, it was because I didn't want to associate our engagement with Christmas, so the ring would be a separate gift, not a Christmas gift, which was really just a cop out for my <laughs> cowardice. Um, but anyway, I had the ring, I carried it around for a month or so, and I went down to jump school. And, uh, you know, jump school, uh, airborne school at Fort Benning, Georgia, it's three weeks long. Uh, and then during the third week of jump school, you do all your five jumps. And um, the the schedule uh, of our jump, you know, class or whatever, uh, it, it was um, Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, birthday on Monday of that jump week. So we didn't jump Monday. It was federal holiday. So we had to get our jumps in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we graduated on Friday morning and went home. So we did um, like one jump on Tuesday, two jumps on Wednesday. And my first jump was exactly what you wanted. It was a great landing. Um, you know, I was scared to death, but everything worked exactly like they said it was going to. I was thrilled. And every jump following got progressively worse. Um, <laughs> oh so by the time Thursday morning rolled around, we had to jump once in the, like, it was probably midday by the time we got on the aircraft. Cause you know, if you've ever jumped with the military, you've got to put the parachute on, have a four hour cooling off period, just enough for your bladder to fill uh, <laughs> before you get on the plane to make it more uncomfortable. And uh, so we waited, we jumped around midday, and then we were going to jump our night jump Thursday night and then go back to the you know barracks and graduate the next day. So I'm, I'm geared up. I get on board the aircraft, and uh, I had had problems on jumps two and three uh, getting tangled up, you know, getting a uh, have spinning on my exit and the, the instructors are like man you got a weak exit you know you're not cutting your angle the right way uh you know leaving the door to 45 degree angle towards the rear of the aircraft and i was like i'm gonna cut this angle perfect this time you know i'm tired of bicycling all the way to the ground so you know i'd jump out probably at a 10 degree angle <laughs> you know against oh, no. the aircraft and i remember leaving the plane and then hitting the plane oh, and i don't remember the descent but you know spoiler alert the parachute opened right? and it worked and i remember getting to the ground and uh i, I hit the ground and i you know, remember who i am or guess whatever and uh i immediately roll over on all fours and i'm just vomiting profusely you know my head is splitting i have a silver streak down my kevlar uh, so i've hit my head on the aircraft and uh i had been concussed before but never quite like this and um the and there was a ground uh jump master down you know and he comes over to where i'm at and he's like what's wrong with you and i'm just vomiting profusely <laughs> and uh 
he said, you know, what's your problem? And I knew if I said, hey, you know, Sergeant, I think I'm hurt. I was going to get kicked out of jump school. And all I had to do was fall out of an airplane later that night. And I graduated. You don't even have to survive jump number five. You just have to exit <laughs> and graduate. You get your wings so regardless. Like, yeah, they'll pin them on your casket or something, okay. I guess. I don't know. But that was my, my train of thought. I was like, I've got to graduate this course. So I'm, I'm throwing up and he's, you know, asking me what's wrong. And instead of saying, I just hit my head on an airplane, I said, I guess I'm just scared of jumping. <laughs> so <laughs> then he, he changes from sympathy to rage yeah. and starts cussing me out and uh, and throwing pieces of equipment at me and, and telling me to hurry up and everything. So I gather Drink my water and, and all my stuff. <laughs> and I'm, I'm running, you know, running back, throwing up. And uh, my college roommate, uh, who is affectionately known as Leroy Daytona, is running next to me, and uh, he's like, "Chris, you don't look so good." <laughs> so uh, later that night, I jumped out for my fifth jump and graduated. That's awesome. I dr I drove home. Yeah, I drove home Friday from Fort Benning to Elkin, and uh, asked Jill to marry me on Saturday. And then so now, what do you say to her? Now, now what do you say to her? Marry me with a raging concussion. Now, what do you say to her when she makes you mad? You're like, I've I was under duress. Oh my gosh! I was under the influence of that. Was a great story. We gotta take out a message from our sponsors. You looking to listen to putting the pieces back together? That's awesome. That's great. You're listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes. We're 501c3, based out of Statesville, North Carolina, but we're national. And we do stuff all over the country. And uh, we're here with my buddy, Colonel. Colonel, God, it's just so hard rolling off my wow. tongue. Colonel Chris O'Toole. Um, and uh, the Devil Dog is here. John Galena is on a secret mission at Sunset Beach. Yeah, he um, is. Getting revived. And uh, we're here with Devin and the Project of the Week. What oh, do you yeah. got for us, man? So I got this one. Wait. I actually don't have the project of the week this week, Brad. You don't? No, no. I uh, Unprepared, are you? Oh, no. Actually, uh, <laughs> I, I believe that you have the project of the week I this week. I do have the project of the week. I do have the project so, of the so, week. So, uh, hey, Brad, why don't you, why don't you tell, a little, tell so, us a little bit about what's going on? Yeah, man. We There's a, uh, there's a veteran down in Texas that um, a couple weeks ago, this is a really interesting story. So, um, he has over 8 million followers on across about four different social media platforms. Holy smokes. Right? That's and a And so we got this, we got this notification that a donation had been made through one of his Instagram page. And, um, so, uh, what ended up happening was, and, and I got the backstory, I decided to call him, right? Because I had seen his, his Instagram pages. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And he puts up a lot of videos that he doesn't make. He just kind of shares a lot of other different videos about people doing cool stuff in the military and jets flying and helicopters. And then he does funny stuff, too. But he is um, lived in Tyler, Texas, and um, needed a new roof. And I just got an email from him yesterday after our phone conversation. Um, he reached out to a bunch of other charities um, because he needed a new roof. He's 100% disabled, uh, 16 years in service, uh, medically retired, um, could not afford to do his roof on his house, right? Couldn't, couldn't afford to do that. 
what he does with uh, he, his sole income is through his social media stuff, and he doesn't ask really? for money from the folks that want to. Because the way social media works, you can get people to do to uh, sponsor you to do products and stuff and to promote their products. And all he does is get product, right? And so he tried with some other charities. His roof was going bad. They live in Texas. He had to have um, two or three air conditioning systems put in and just couldn't do it. We were the Purple Heart Homes. He wrote me this email. We were the first charity that said yes to him. So so often that's the case where we're the last resort. Yeah. And and, uh, so he said, I'm going to make it my mission in life to raise money for Purple Heart Homes. That's his, like, my, his, my wow. mission now. And uh, we were so blown away by that. He ended up raising money uh, and leveraging his social media platform um, with the roofing company that was doing his roof to where they donated. He needed, like, 50 squares of shingles. I can't remember. His, and they donated more than half the shingles uh, to the project. So he lever- he did what we do. Like, what, that's what our project managers will do. They'll go yeah. and find a company, and they'll go, hey, man, we're working for a veteran. Will you donate some material? And they'll go, yeah, man, we'll donate, like, 60% of the material or 75% of the material or 100% of the material. He did the same thing that we do on his own behalf because he was so blown away that we came in to help him. That, that's absolutely amazing. It was really cool, man. It was really cool. It's, so. it's really cool how, how often we get to meet these veterans, and we hear that, that we are their last resort, and – they come out of, of a situation not with just their home being repaired, but, but that hope and that uh, faith reinstilled in humanity. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree, man. It's and some of the veterans we serve, they're, they're at the end of that rope, you know, and they're, they're at a place in their life where everybody, they've, they've been turned down, they've been said no to, they don't see a way out of their situation, they get hyper-focused on, on what's going on, and then, and then we're, and then because of the people that support us and the organizations that support what we do and believe in what we do, because we believe it's an outworking of loving your neighbor and loving the person next door to you that served, and uh, they're in a bad spot, and we get to go, we get to, you know, we get to ride in and, and take care of the issue. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, what we do is is, is absolutely, uh, it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done, and and if you want to be part of it. Um, I encourage you to go to uh, phhusa.org and uh, you know just just click there for the the donate now or or you can d- get involved through chapters. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and we got man, if you're local, you're local to Iroh County. We got events coming up. We've got a golf tournament oh, coming yeah. up in October. We got take that hill, our big cycling event. Take that hill, if you can see yeah, my shirt. That, uh, that's coming up October the seventh uh, here at Southern Distilling, and then we've got a clay shoot coming up in September, and so. You can find out about all those events, and if you want to support those, you can. So uh, we're, that's pretty exciting. So, hey, we're going to uh, jump back in with our buddy Chris O'Toole. Great to have you here, my friend. And he's been telling us about uh, jumping out of airplanes, hitting his head on the side of an airplane, and then asking some girl to marry him. Turned out he'd been married to her for a long time. She's a wonderful lady. And um, so, uh, Chris, what I'd like to do now is transition a little bit. It's like uh, tell us a little bit about your time on active duty and uh, where you served and what you did. All right. Um, I got commissioned from VMI as a medical service corps officer. I uh, went to, uh, it's not, it wasn't BOLIC back then. It was the basic course, but yep. uh, it's for another acronym. Um, we went to uh, San Antonio for that. And then following that, I got assigned as a platoon leader in 2nd Infantry Division in Camp Casey, Korea. Um, had a 41 soldier platoon there. And, um, great experience for a platoon leader it was a you know intensive uh, you know leadership experience because 
Uh, our families were back stateside. It was a, a hardship unaccompanied tour. So we stayed there for one year and they got me on a leap year. So I ended up doing 366 days as opposed to 365. <laughs> so I got a little more training. You get one um, extra day. <laughs> <laughs> One extra day, yeah. Uh, through an a, a, a interesting series of events, I was able to have a follow-on uh, platoon leader assignment at Fort Campbell, Kentucky with 101st Airborne Division. And I was assigned to 1st Brigade, 1st Battalion, uh, 327. And uh, I was a medical platoon leader for an infantry battalion, which was great to be around the soldiers that um, that are, you, you know, at where the you know, rubber meets the road and, mm -hmm. and supporting a, a brigade combat team. It's awesome. You guys, um, went, you guys went to Iraq follow, too, right? Well, right before Iraq, um, I was told I had to grow up and quit being a platoon leader. And um, they gave me the choice to uh, be a, an executive officer of a dental clinic or <laughs> I, I had to take a job as the officer in charge of the School of Combat Medicine is what it was called. And this wow. was, for those of you that you know, or, or know about uh, tactical casualty care mm -hmm. course or, or uh, TCCC, you'll hear yep. people talk about that. It, it was, it was not a thing at the time. And um, so uh, a great, great leader that I was able to work for uh, Colonel Thomas at the time ended up being General Thomas before he retired. Yeah, he, he came and kidnapped me from my platoon uh, CP and took me to this empty building and said, uh, this is the School of Combat Medicine. And it was just him and I inside, and there was not even a chair to sit in. And he said, you're gonna build a school out of this. And um, then he walked out. Oh, and wow. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and um, there was a phone plugged up in the, you know, to the wall, sitting on the floor. And I walked over to the phone and uh, when in doubt, you know, you call somebody, right? Except I didn't know anybody to call. So um, I sat there for a, a few minutes and I thought, man, who's really good at this stuff? And I was like, the Ranger Regiment, they have awesome combat medics. So literally I cold called the Ranger Regiment and um, got in touch with a Master Sergeant named Rob Miller, uh, who was a lifetime Ranger medic. And he was in charge of standardization uh, equipment training for the Ranger medics. Yeah, like EFMB, and, uh, he was running the EFMB course for them and stuff. Is that what he was doing? Was he doing he that too? He ran the entire, mo he, he did everything for wow. Ranger medics from equipping them with kit to deploying with them. He had uh, the pre-deployment training for them. I mean, he ran the entire medical show for the Ranger Regiment down at Fort Benning. And basically I called him, cold called him, never met the guy in my life and uh, told him what my problem was. And he said, what are you doing next week? And I was like, unless I get some help, I'm going to be sitting in the floor beside this phone. <laughs> and, um, he came up, he came up and spent two weeks with me and we built the first. That is amazing. Um, wow. Uh, you know, realistic training medical course in the conventional army. That is really uh, cool. Campbell, man. Kentucky. Yeah. We're going gonna... to be the first. Uh, all right. Well, we're, hey, we're getting ready to jump into our last break. And when we get back, uh, we're, we're listening to Colonel Chris O'Toole. He's also a police officer over in High Point. We're going to talk about his time in Iraq and transition in the civilian world and maybe some of the challenges that come along with that and what he's doing now to help his community be a better place. And so uh, you are listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes. And uh, we'll uh, see you back here very shortly.
Welcome to Putting the Pieces Back Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes. Uh, we got a great guest here with uh, Chris Toomey. Uh, Chris Colonel. Toomey? <laughs> no, Chris O'Toole. Chris O'Toole. Where did I Chris get Toomey, Toomey I don't know, but we can change his name. Yeah, well, Congratulations, you, you, you sir. you got a new name. Your name Chris, is now Chris like, Toomey. Chris, you know, that's what I put in my phone because I was <laughs> I was trying to type real fast, and, and I just had like one of those Freudian <laughs> slips. It's got Isn't a good ring to it. Yeah. Chris Toomey. Chris O'Toole. <laughs> Chris that's, O'Toole. That's because I was, you, you, you were thinking I was sending, you know, he's sending the message to me. So you just. <laughs> yeah, to me. <laughs> to me. That's it. That's yeah, why I got it. I love oh, it. my gosh. I love it. Well, well we've been talking about uh, Chris's service to our country. And uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about um, uh, your deployment to Iraq. At least, um, I think it was one or two. I think I can't remember how many it was now. So. Um, yeah, and, you know, after we started the, the School of Combat Medicine, we trained every medic that could walk in the door before we left. And um, and then we, we deployed in February of 03. Oh, yeah, uh, early to, days. To participate in initial invasion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we crossed the border um, and, uh, you know, never looked back. And it was, the you know, the grand adventure that um, that for me ended in Mosul, northern Iraq, and, uh, you know, basically drove the the link from south to north of the country almost um entirely um and you know one of the one of the things that i'll obviously never forget many of the occurrences that happened overseas but one of the full circle things that meant so much to me um was i had a i had a friend back at fort campbell um sergeant rod and he was uh, militant about training his medics he was a medical platoon sergeant and he um he would call me every Monday and say, you know, how many, how many vacancies you got in the class? And I never had any, I'd say none. He's like, all right, I'll send you two guys. And, uh, and every, <laughs> every Monday I would get a, you know, a couple of his, of his troopers and we would train them and, you know, we'd never turn anyone away. And uh, he was just militant. And he would say, you know, I would rather you sweat like a pig in peacetime than bleed like one in wartime. You know, mm-hmm. that was, that's, that's um, you know, just a, a mantra for him. And, and he would, you know, he would say things like, let, let no voice cry out, how to only train. You know, as a medic, you're, you know, never let your casualty uh, suffer because of your lack of training. And um, it came full circle in, in 2003 while we were overseas. Um, Rod got... Uh, uh, injured in a uh, actually I struck a mine with his vehicle and we were in light skin Humvees and he ended up uh, losing his right leg and mm. one of his medics that had trained through our our course you know immediately attacked the injury and saved his life mm. That's and awesome. it was just such a full circle thing that uh, a man that was so militant for training mm-hmm. uh, was saved by this very training he pushed and then once he was he recovered from his injuries, fitted with a prosthetic. He wasn't ready to stop serving, and he became the non-commissioned officer in charge of the School of Combat Medicine mm-hmm. and served there till his retirement as an instructor, as the, one of the lead instructors there, you know, teaching the techniques that saved his own life and and hopefully countless others. Uh, so, you know, probably one of the um, the the happiest uh, days, you know, in regards to that that. You know, all the training paid off and yeah. it saved a friend of mine. Yeah, it's a fantastic, fantastic was, uh, story. Yeah, absolutely. full circle thing. Yeah. So you, uh, we met, um, and we were in the same unit, and we we served together. Uh, Two thousand five, I think, is when all that started, and um, we met, and our uh, our we kind of had uh, a mutual love of 
chicken wings and MMA fighting. Oh yeah, I yeah. can get down with that. And so we would uh, we would go to uh, we, Chris and I live in the same apartment complex at Fort Jackson, and and we would go down to uh, this chicken wing place and get us a to go order chicken wings, and we would go back and watch uh, Randy Couture and Tito Ortiz fight That's it. Right. Out. Yep. And it was fantastic. <laughs> That's right. And and back in the day, Chris was getting into MMA, and and uh, he was doing some tournaments and stuff, and. Uh, um, we had some really good times. At uh, I remember the first, uh, my first run I went on at Fort Jackson was with, was with you, and we ran up the That's hill, right. and I twisted my ankle. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I twisted my ankle, and I was like useless for the rest of the time I was there. Yeah, for the like, ne- next week, I was useless. And I, I we think were, you should stay on the bikes because every time you I run, know, every time I run, something bad happens to me, which tells you something that running is horrible. Running's bad for you. Running is bad for you. So yeah. Hey, Chris, tell us what, um, so, you know, you came off active duty, you went into the reserves, and then there was a transition for you, right? Because you, you went and did all of that, your own active duty. What was transition like uh, for you and for your family? Because when, when folks listen to the show and they hear veterans talking, they want to know what that transition was like. What was that like for you? Well, you know, as, as I told you, I had no plan B. Um, I never wanted to do anything else. And I quite frankly, didn't plan to get off active duty, but during the war, there was a stop loss, which means we, you know, those that were expired their term of service weren't able to go home. And so I just stayed overseas until one day they said, okay, all you overdue guys can go home. And so I didn't go through the reenlistment counselings or anything like that. I just flew back to Fort Campbell and they said, hey, in 60 days, you're, you're out of the army. I had an, a little bit of an additional uh, requirement uh, for, I had, you know, four years of reserve time that was part of my contract. So I went back home and, you know, my wife, Jill, was back in North Carolina waiting for me. Um, I, I, I come back home and I really had no plan. Um, I've never been unemployed in my life. I've always had a job and I was, I was pretty scared, actually, uh, leaving active duty, which was the only thing I wanted to do. And now I'm you know, days out from ending my, my military career. I was on terminal leave, which is, you know, the last days that you're, you're still getting paid, but you're no longer, you know, doing anything. You're just at home. And I was burning my last 30 days of terminal leave and I was trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. And, and not to mention, you know, you're sort of unpacking the, the last, you know, year of your deployment and, mm-hmm. um, and, and really trying to figure out how to get on with your life. And my brother was a police officer and had, he's my oldest brother. He'd been a police officer in High Point for many years. And uh, he said, uh, why don't you just come to the police department? And I said, well, the biggest reason is I don't want to be a cop. And uh, <laughs> that's and a pretty good reason right much. there. Yeah, and you're, <laughs> I don't want to work for you. You're my yeah, brother. Yeah. yeah, pretty much the biggest reason. And I remember I was talking to Jill uh, about it and I had a, a a job offer uh, through a connection with my mom. She was an orthopedic nurse and I got offered a job to work for an orthopedic company. And it's, and it's a great job. It's a sales job, but it was a, you know, a great opportunity uh, for the right person. And uh, I remember talking to my wife and I said, you know, I've offered, been offered this job with this orthopedic company. And then my brother's trying to talk me into being a cop. And I remember she said, can you do something where you don't wear a vest and carry a gun? Oh my. <laughs> sure. 
so I took the job with the orthopedic company and, you know, th this is not, you know, knocking sales jobs or anything, you know, they, they had great product, they had great service, they, they, everything was great. Everything about the business was great, but it wasn't for me. Um, I didn't feel like I was serving anymore. Mm -hmm. And I truly missed the way being a soldier made me feel. Mm -hmm. And when somebody would say, what do you do for a living? I didn't say I was a captain in the army because that stuff has never been important to me. I said, I'm a soldier. And um, one thing I always thought was interesting is if we look back at the World War II generation, you speak to a, a serviceman and you say, you ask them about their time, they always refer to it as when I was in the service. A lot Absolutely. of times they don't even say when I was in the army. Or yeah, when I was, right. when I was in the service. In the Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. that's right. They say when I was in the service and um, I missed being in the service and uh, I felt like I lost an identity. Mm -hmm. And I remember Jill wrote me a note and it was laying on my nightstand, you know, one morning and she wrote me a note and she said, Chris, you're going to be a soldier till the day you die. I don't care what you wear to work. Mm. Wow. And uh, which I mean, she's the best person I've ever known. Mm -hmm. Um but that meant a lot to me to know that I'm going to be a soldier every day, mm -hmm. whether I'm wearing camouflage or not. But I did this, the job, the sales job for about six months. And I, I just didn't feel like I was in the right place and out of complete desperation with no, I felt like no options. I said, okay, I'm going to try this police thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got hired by the High Point Police Department in 2004 and uh, went to the police academy four days after I graduated. And I, I wasn't even convinced during the academy. I wasn't sold. Right. But I needed a job. I wanted to do something. I guess I was scared to pick out my own clothes. So <laughs> oh, I was going to do that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. four days after I graduated from the police academy, I got activated in the reserves yeah. to come hang out with Brad Borders. Yeah, oh, wow. That's right. That's right. I remember this. So, See, it's like, I just got a job. And yeah, now I got to be here kismet. with you. <laughs> yeah. It was kismet. <laughs> and, oh, man. Uh, and here we are. Here so we, so we uh, ended up going back on active duty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had a great time and we've been, we've been, fr we've been friends ever since. So we've been staying in touch with each other for years. And, uh, I've watched, uh, watch Chris, uh, you know, go from a captain to now a full board colonel, uh, in the reserves. And he and I are going to retire about the same time. And, uh, we're coming up, uh, coming up on that together. And, and now he's a uh, captain in the SWAT in, uh, with the SWAT team over in high point and doing a great job over there and really a great leader. And, and, uh, Chris, we're, we're, coming up on the end of the show, but I just want to tell you how much I love you and, and uh, you're, you're my friend until the day I die and even on after that. And so uh, uh, I'm thankful for you and Jill and your kids and thankful for your, for your service to both our country and our community. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Chris. It was great talking to you. It was great talking to you guys and, and thank you for your service, both of you, to our country and then obviously what you keep doing for our our veterans yeah well chris and i are uh, made you plans we we're gonna we've got a lot of stories to tell and we're gonna record a podcast so that's coming that's coming up soon so keep an eye out for that All right. uh, so uh that'll be fun so hey tune in next week we're gonna have another great show next week john will be back and we'll uh we'll keep rocking and rolling i will see you then y'all have a great week you've been